Hello, everyone, and happy Easter to you all. It is always good, uh, no matter what place, no matter what time, no matter what manner, for us to gather to celebrate the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Now, I know this Easter season is like none I've ever experienced, and I imagine it's like none that any of you have experienced in your lifetimes either. Um, uh, And it's a time when a lot of things that we usually do around Easter season, we're not able to do. And um, a lot of things that we don't want to do, we're having to do in this season. And it involves all of us and even around the globe. But it is always good for us to gather to celebrate our sure and certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, Because that is the center of Easter and that can never be taken away. Without the resurrection, there is no Easter and that still is real and applicable in our lives. Um, Matter of fact, I, I think... The resurrection has drastic implication for a a burning question that is caused by the corona chaos in our lives because of so many drastic changes and also the, the, the fear and uncertainty of a virus that we can't see and the, the numbers that we keep reading every day or hearing as they go up of who has the virus, uh, who, who, how many deaths. All of those things, they cause uh, questions to rise up within us. I mean, what are we here for? What is the purpose of life? What is the point of life? And that's a great question, a great question always to be asked. And if you've been with us over the last several weeks, we've been walking through uh, the book of Ecclesiastes And that's a question that the writer of Ecclesiastes asks all the time also. Uh, He wonders, what is the purpose of life? Uh, As If you've been with us, then you've heard this a number of times. But the writer of Ecclesiastes looks at life from the human perspective. Makes keen observations of what he sees. But some of the things that he sees don't make sense. And he wonders himself, what is the purpose of life? Uh, Particularly in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 12, he asks this, For who knows what is good for man while he lives, the few days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow? For who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? He's asking, you know, what is the purpose of our vain and shallow life? What happens to us when we die? And Jesus' bodily resurrection is a perfect answer to his questions. How better to know what's happening on the other side of death than for one who has experienced death, who has made it through death, to come back and tell us what is the point of life from the perspective of eternity? That's what we'll see in our passage today in Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 36. Invite you to turn there or it also will be on the screen. Please uh, pray with me. Almighty God, thank you for your word that speaks to us of your truth. Now open our hearts, our minds, our souls to receive it and empower our bodies to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 36. And the disciples have gathered. A couple of disciples have already had an encounter with the risen Christ. And they're discussing um, what they've encountered. And that's where we enter into the story. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written, That the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them while he blessed them. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Now, the the first thing that we learn from this passage, from Jesus bodily resurrection, his appearance before the disciples is rather bold statement. But the fact that Jesus in his body that he lived in on earth is now in their presence demonstrates to us that your life and my life right now have eternal importance and significance. Jesus' bodily resurrection shows us that physical bodies, our physical bodies, they are important and they are a part of eternity forever. What we do with our bodies now has eternal significance and meaning. By by our bodies, I mean our physical presence from our head to our toes. We are fit what we do with our bodies and what we do to our bodies that has eternal significance. Sometimes we can think of ourselves as just a a brain in a decaying body or a, a soul and our body is just a sleeve that our soul is in temporarily. And that's not a Christian understanding of human of a human of of human beings. We are mind, body and soul all together. That's our whole self. And even though we want to divide us up and give one part more important than another, that that's not a biblical notion. Sometimes as Christians, we can give our souls a higher priority than our body. And in so doing, we devalue the body. 
No, you are body, mind, and soul all together. That's our, our whole self. And Jesus' bodily resurrection demonstrates the equal value of all. Now, if that's surprising to you, or you're trying to get your head around that, that my, my body has eternal significance, what I do with my body, what I do to it, it is of um, great importance. Uh, then um, you're not alone because the same thing happened with the disciples when Jesus appeared to them. They, they were expecting maybe a disembodied spirit. They were expecting something different. They weren't expecting Jesus to show up in his physical body. And I sort of like it. I, I think it's a humorous. Um, I think Jesus probably had a chuckle when they're talking about it. And he just sort of shows up. Hey, shalom, y'all. Yeah, peace out. And they then they, how do they respond? But they're shocked. I mean, we're told that it's this combination of joy mixed with doubts and, and awe and marvel mixed with uncertainty. But Jesus, and then Jesus hammers the home, makes it even more real because after they're over, get over that, he's like, so what's in the fridge? You know, anything worth eating? I mean, what's for lunch? Let's grab a bite to which, you know, they, Probably wide-eyed, just give him a fish and they, and he sits down and eats with them. But he wants to be clear to them that they see he is in his physical body. Now, it is um, a difference in, in a way. It's sort of like his human body 2.0. Uh, biblical writers call it, that's our glorified body. Uh, after we, we die, then we're resurrected to, to live with God in our glorified body. But there is clear continuity between the two. It is based upon our physical body while in this life. That's why Jesus could say, look at my hands, look at my feet. He had the scars to prove that the body he was in then was the same body he was in on earth. And with Jesus, what he had done in his earthly body perfectly translated to eternal significance. Because everything that he did in his earthly body that was in alignment with the, the ways of God, that was in alignment with the will of the Father, that would have eternal significance. It would have eternal impact. The Bible writers also call that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Whatever Jesus did, that it was in alignment with the will, the desires, the, the plan of the Father. That would be what we'd call the kingdom of God. And so anything that Jesus did in his earthly body when he was a, among us for his 33 years would continue on for all of eternity. And that's the same for every human who is in Jesus what we do that is in alignment with the kingdom has eternal impact, has meaning and purpose in the kingdom of God. That's why as a church, we pursue what is just and what is right and what is good. Why we do things to, to pursue equality for people. That's why we, we affirm life from the womb all the way to death. Because that is the way of the kingdom of God. That's why we um, speak out and act in ways of disparity in our world. Whether it's economic or racial. Whatever it might be. 
Because that's part of the kingdom. That's why as a church we are a diverse community of Jesus followers. We intentionally seek to be a diverse community. United in Jesus because we know that's the way of heaven. That is the kingdom of God. So that has eternal significance and impact. That's why in this corona chaos, we encourage folks to stay at home, to keep their bodies at home if that's the place they need to be in order to keep the virus at bay. And for others, we encourage and support, and some of you are giving your bodies um, to, whether it's in the grocery store or in medical, um, in hospitals, you're, you're caring for all of the rest of us and putting yourselves in harm's way. That's why we as a church, we have ways that we want to care for people's needs. We partner with Christ Community. We partner with Pleasant Hill Academy to provide food. And, and in both cases, prayer and also Bibles. And um, in each case, able to give away uh, stories of, about Jesus to in, share this good news with any who will hear and participate. It's why we provide money for those who currently have lost their jobs and who need to pay bills. It's why we, we have hope groups that, that gather remotely, but be able to see and hear one another to, to give that support and encouragement. I mean, that, that is part of the work of the church, that we physically do things that are in alignment with the kingdom. And that's Jesus' bodily resurrection shows us the significance of what we do in our physical bodies in the kingdom of heaven. And it demonstrates to us that death is not the end of what we have done on earth. If we're a part of the work of God on earth now, then the part of the work of God we do now continues on showing impact, significance and importance for all of eternity. Now, Jesus shows this to his disciples by appearing before them and making it clear that he is physically present in them and that there is continuity between his body on uh, that he lived before death and his body after death. But now, then he goes on the, in the second part of the passage to explain that to him, to explain that this purpose that we find uh, for eternity um, can be ours through Jesus' death and resurrection. He, he, um, he has made it possible for us to participate in the work of God now and forever. You see, he explains to them, he, says, uh, he brings out the Bible and he shows them what God has been doing since the very beginning of time. That his death and resurrection wasn't just a, it's not just a fad, not just sort of a, uh, something that God sort of figured out by the seat of his pants in the moment or a, a quick fix to make the, the world a, a better place. This was the plan of God since the very beginning of time. This is how his creation was going to satisfy and be a part of the very kingdom of God uh, to, to be the, the, the righteous, beautiful creation that he had made. Jesus' bodily resurrection shows us that this, that God's plan will not be thwarted. That evil and death will not prevent God's plan 
from being fulfilled. Now, in our in our lives and in the life of creation, we will have temporary evil detours. I mean, in our own lives, in my life and, and in yours, if, um, we, we will have detours that we cause. It'll be our own failure. It'll be our own selfishness. It'll be our own cowardness, uh, cowardice that um, prevents us from, from doing what God wants us to do or that tempts us to, to go our own way. To try to build our own kingdoms, if you will, instead of living into the kingdom of God. To do what we think is best instead of what God calls us to do. So we'll have those evil detours along the way. But even then, God's plan will not be stopped. It is always right and good to do what God calls us to do, what God commands us to do, because we know that is eternal. And in this case, this is one case where past the past accomplishments are a guarantee of the future results. The bodily resurrection of Jesus is a guarantee of future results that The kingdom of God will not be thwarted and what is done in alignment with his kingdom will not be stopped. That it has meaning, that it has purpose. And Jesus explains to his disciples through his, through Jesus' death and his resurrection, he now invites them. You can be a part of this. Because in Jesus' death, he has defeated our disobedience, our sin, our brokenness, our rebellion, our evil. He is taking them with him at the cross. He embraced them, took them with him into the grave and died. His body died. His heart stopped beating. His brain stopped waving. His body decayed. And he took that evil with him and he left it there. And then in the power of God, he was raised to new life on Easter Sunday, showing that he had victory over our disobedience, over the evil of this world, over the rebellion of this world, that he had victory over the brokenness of this world. He was raised to life to show the very power of God in the inevitability of God's kingdom. And again, he showed them the scars in his hands and his feet. They are real. Jesus is telling them and us, and so am I. He says, and so is the kingdom of God. And then he lays out before him, lays out for all of us. You can be a part of this kingdom. You can be a part of this eternal significance in me, is what Jesus is saying. You can live now and forever in the power and beauty of God's kingdom. Come join me. That's what he's saying to them and to us. And in the the last part of the passage then, he gives us five words or or phrases that really outline that kingdom, that, that invitation. 
And if you look back in the, the, the passage, we won't put it on the, the screen now, but you can look at it later or you can just believe me uh, when I tell you this is what Jesus um, said. That um, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance, that's one of the key words, for the forgiveness of sins, that's another key phrase, should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. He goes on um, afterwards, he then heads, goes out with them and he ascends into heaven. Now he goes to Bethany and there he ascends into heaven. He parted from them and he was carried up to heaven. And what we're told then is that they worshipped in the, the last two verses of the passage. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. So there's repentance, there's forgiveness of sins. Then there's a response of worshiping God, of joy that characterized their life together and that they were inviting others to the ends of the earth. Those are the, the four elements that he brings up here. First, he brings up repentance. And repentance is a change of direction. It's a change of direction from living according to... To what I want, living according to my kingdom or you living according to your kingdom, what what you think is best to change directions, to live according to the kingdom of God. What what does God command us? So that that repentance um, is, is saying, I'm not going to live in this direction, but I'm going to live in God's direction. Now, if again, if you've been with us as we've been exploring Ecclesiastes, there's a whole lot of things that Ecclesiastes, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, you can live for all these things on this earth, but none of them are going to satisfy. All of them ultimately fail. I mean, he said you can live for money. You can live for pleasure. You can live for power. You can live for security. You can live for work. You can live for popularity. You can live for knowledge. You, you can live, live for accomplishment. But all of those things fail. None of them have real meaning and purpose. Certainly don't have eternal meaning and purpose. The only thing is to then live for God and hit God's kingdom. That's the only thing that has eternal meaning and purpose. And the bodily resurrection of Jesus proves that. So repentance means to simply state the direction you were going was wrong. It was misguided. I was going according to my wisdom instead of yours. And now, God, I want to live for you. I want to live according to your good and perfect righteousness, your will, be a part of your kingdom. What is eternal? What has eternal meaning and significance? And Jesus tells the disciples there that repentance is based on is based upon the very forgiveness that Jesus offers and has accomplished in his death and resurrection. That in his death and resurrection, as I said earlier, he destroyed our sin, our disobedience. In the power of his resurrection, he showed his victory over our sin and disobedience. And therefore, he invites us to join in him in the power of the resurrection. As he cleanses us and forgives us of our sin through his death, he empowers us in his resurrection to join with him forever. 
for me before I repented, before I committed my life to Jesus. I really was about me. Yeah, and I, I was a nice guy. I, was, I, I did the things I was supposed to do. You know, and I had a, a level of capacity in, in school and in work. I had a level of social intelligence that I, I, I could use. Generally thought of myself as a good person. You know, I was a nice guy. I was a good person, but I was living for myself. I, I was living according to my way instead of God's way. And it was in my late teens and early 20s. I didn't have some dramatic conversion story, but just a general overwhelming realization that I was living for myself instead of for God. And I apologized to God, admitting my sinful direction and found in him a peace, a joy, a meaning, a purpose in life. That has been true through ups and downs, through thick and thin. And have received and experienced that forgiveness that comes from Jesus. And maybe for some of you, today might be the day that to repent and confess. To receive the forgiveness of Jesus and to join in. The, the, on, in the work of the kingdom, on what truly is eternal, truly is meaningful. That what we do in our bodies now, in the work of the kingdom, has eternal significance because of the death and resurrection of Jesus that forgives us and cleanses us and welcomes us into the very work of God. That, and that is the point of life. That we can live our lives with God, in the, in the power of God. We can live our lives in relationship with the living God. The, the death and resurrection of Jesus have made that possible. And, and as Luke describes, in that living with God involves worshiping God. It, it involves enjoying God and learning more and more about God. Gathering with His people in His Word together. Whether we're gathering together in this way or when, on that day comes we'll be able to gather together again in the same place. But we are there to, just to, to worship and enjoy and learn and marvel at God's beauty and His power and His righteousness and His love. And in so doing, that repentance, that experiencing that forgiveness and worshiping God together and living with God together, that leads to a joy, we're told. I mean, a number of times in the passage, there is, there is a joy that is, that is a reality in us that's beyond our circumstances. You know, it, it comes from, from knowing God and it comes from loving God and it comes from that sure and certain hope of the resurrection that we have in Jesus. That his resurrection has proven to us that God's kingdom has no end. That our lives have meaning. And, and so that gives us a joy no matter what the circumstances. We can experience that joy. It, just as Jesus experienced that joy. Even though he had scars to show for it. He could endure the pain because of the joy within him, because he knew 
of the eternal meaning and significance of what is done for his father. And now his bodily resurrection tells us the same thing. That we can have that that kind of joy. And in so doing, then, the last thing that he says, then now go and invite others. Invite others to come be a part with us. Invite others to come join with us to knowing God, to knowing this kind of joy, to have the living with this kind of purpose, that no matter what the circumstances, the purpose and meaning in life are clear to us. And we know in the power of the resurrection that they will not be stopped. Our bodies are meaningful. What you do has eternal meaning. If you are living with God in the power of the the death and resurrection of Jesus, if you're living in Him, and then what you do in God, what, what acts of love and righteousness, what acts of goodness, they have purpose, meaning, and impact forever. That is meaning and purpose in our lives, no matter the circumstances. Now, uh, this, this sermon series, we've ended each sermon with um, really exploring how it applies specifically using a phrase of what do we declutter and what do we focus on? How do we declutter and focus on what is important? Well, what I, I charge you Challenge you to declutter by evaluating the ways that you devalue, mistreat, abuse your body. What are things that you do to yourself or actions of your body that mistreat it or abuse it? Or or what are lies that you believe that devalue your body? I'm here to tell you, God has created your body. And in the beauty of his creation, it is beautiful. It is wonderful. For what he's created it for. So declutter the ways that you devalue, mistreat, or abuse your body. And then focus On the joy of life that is in Jesus. Focus on the joy uh, of life that is in Jesus. That is sure. In his bodily resurrection. That your sin has been forgiven. Your rebellion has been destroyed. Focus on the, the joy that your life has meaning and purpose in Jesus because all that you do in alignment with his plans and purposes has eternal impact. Focus on the joy of the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus. The point of life is that right now, in Jesus, your life has purpose. It has meaning. What you do with your physical bodies in alignment with the kingdom of God has eternal impact. You are a part of God's glorious, beautiful creation. Amen.